dude, like, hold, he, like he has the gun pointed his back, and he's clearly freaking out and just faints, like yeah. from the stress of the situation. And then, dude, holds up what he was holding, and it's and a it fucking corn. corn cob wrapped oh, in aluminum. My God. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Castle Bravo, a Godzillaverse retrospective. I'm Derek. And I'm Charlotte. And we're two siblings here to examine the history of the Godzilla franchise, one movie at a time. We're joined this week by voice actor and tabletop slash video gaming content creator slash goddammit, you have too many titles, man, Josh Fagundes, a.k.a. Anoriand. Josh, what's uh, up, bud? Listen, I'm just as thrown when I started hearing all those titles. I'm like, is that me? <laughs> That's all of you. There's it's so many me. things. I had to shorten it somehow because I didn't want to create a list of there things. Were, there are several things. Listen, I'm a man of many hats, which is funny because I don't look good in hats because my head is too damn big. You're just desperately <laughs> seeking ways to put out any kind of creative output to find meaning on this earth before we are all swept away. Or I just want to find a, a hat. Well, that too. Truly. Truly the most existential of crises that all of us face in our time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing today, folks? I'm doing good. I have had a nice little morning, had breakfast, got to chill with the kids, and now I'm chatting about some good old Zilla. Oh, man. And, and it's a good one. Charlotte, what about you? How's your, how's your day, your weekend, et cetera, been so far? Uh, pretty good. Um, I have spent significantly less time than normal rereading my notes. Um, because I woke up at like noon and so I was up till 5 a.m. in the back rooms. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) just exploring the back rooms as one does. As you do. Yeah. I, uh, my weekend's been a little hectic. I'm going to admit, uh, I was, I was in the hospital most of the day yesterday, um, with some stuff with my mom. Um, things are fine, but like it, that came at the end of a very long week of just crazy shit happening one after another. So this has been a day where the only obligation I have is Godzilla podcast and Godzilla podcast is a pretty fun obligation to have. True. So I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm riding pretty high right now, Good. but um, man, so I feel like it is, is increasingly becoming necessary with the movies. I kind of need to set the stage for what's going on with these people and with Toho for this particular movie. Yeah. So, there's a couple of, points to this one on the yeah back end. so today we are covering godzilla versus gigan now we've talked at length ad nauseum about history of the godzilla franchise about its beginnings with ishiro honda about you know the these crossover movies turning it into you know a larger franchise in season two we've we've seen the introduction of jun fukuda as the kind of secondary godzilla director who's done a couple of I thought really good Godzilla movies. I really liked uh, Ibira Horror of the Deep. We really, well, I say we liked Son of Godzilla, but the Son of Godzilla himself is a horrifying nightmare. <laughs> um, effective in that regard. And then we saw Honda attempt to end the series with Destroy All Monsters and Toho's kind of bringing Godzilla back from undeath with Godzilla's Revenge. We saw the economic crunch and the difficulty of the like movie industry in Japan really hit Toho hard and them kind of shut down the old studio model and cut benefits and pay and cut their ties to the unions. We saw the death of Eiji Tsuburaya. We saw Honda leave Toho and almost leave filmmaking entirely. Uh, and we got a, a pretty mixed bag in Godzilla versus Hedora where Toho tried to find a the cheapest person they could find on a no budget with like just over a month to poop out a Godzilla movie. And you know, it's full of heart, but the, the stress shows on it. So things up until this point have not been going very good for Toho, for Godzilla, for most people involved with the franchise. Um, now before we get any further into kind of what has happened with this movie, Charlotte. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what this movie even is? What happens in Godzilla versus Gigan? Okay. So a lot happens in this movie. 
we start out and we honestly get this really cool shot of like Godzilla shooting atomic breath at the camera. Um, and during the opening credits, we just see this wall of like computers, right? Yeah, they're going they're They're having fun with the opening sequence in a way that kind of reminds me of like space amoeba. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it, uh, if like starts flipping through this manga and our lead guy, Gengo, uh, he's an artist of this manga and he's talking to a publisher trying to get this, this manga through and it, the, the monster in his story is called Shukra and it's a homework monster created by the psychic energy of children who hate homework. Some real yeah. Ultraman shit. Yeah. Um, the publisher doesn't like that. So, you know, reeling like, in his, he like doesn't even have a design for the monster yet. He's like trying to sell it on like, uh, I'll figure it out. He's trying to sell it on vibes. Yeah, this right. part is how it's like, it's like, here's a done page. Here's a done page. Here's literally just a page that shows outlines of panels. Yeah, he's got a panel <laughs> configuration figured out before he's figured out what he's got. That is not how you should be doing I, that, my I dude. I totally know what's going in here. So why didn't you do it? Well, the thing about that is look over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's like reeling in his failure and he goes to meet his friend Tomoko for lunch. Um, and she's super helpful and tries to get him a different job and directs him to try to go get a job at children's land. Uh, and also apparently she's a black belt. Yeah. And, and he's like drawing a monster that is clearly based on her. Can I just say justice for Mamagon, by the yes, way, justice because, right, for Mamagon. Right. <laughs> like the whole movie, she just wants this dude to be like, Hey, I just want you not to be fucking destitute. And also I take care of shit. This is his girlfriend, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, that's kind they of the vibe I get. They never explicitly state it, so I didn't right. put they, that like, anywhere. They never but... do the connection. I just, I'm assuming. The vibes are correct. But, but it very much comes across like, oh, this is my fucking nagging-ass girlfriend, Mama Gun. She's a monster <laughs> to me. It's like, sir, she wants you to not be homeless, and also she literally kicks ass for you. Yeah. <laughs> she I'm is hot. Need... She is helpful. She is badass. I'm going to need a little bit more respect out of you, chief. <laughs> I love this whole scene where they're like talking and he's drawing the the mamagon like the monster that's clearly based on her. It's like the pattern of its scales is the same as the the like dress that she's wearing. Mm-hmm. And she and, and it's very clear to us, the audience, like, oh, yeah, I see where they're going with this. And mm-hmm. she even recognizes it and is like, yeah, it looks kind of familiar. Is this based on me? And he's like, no. <laughs> and she like. <laughs> she like starts to scream or something and it just hard cuts away <laughs> in perfect comedic timing. <laughs> like, goddamn, June Fukuda, this is a moment where I had to DM Charlotte and be like, fuck me, I'm 15 minutes into this movie. The characters are charming. It's funny on purpose. Like, we're in for a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so. Gingo heads to Children's Land, and they tell him all about, like, Godzilla Tower, which is just a tower that looks like Godzilla. Um, and their plan with this place is, is it's supposed to be a place where children can learn the notion of peace. Peace. Giant quotation marks. Right. Um, at the Godzilla Tower. <laughs> at the Godzilla Tower. So Gingo's like, you know what would help you in this park? More monsters. Like, I don't know, Shukra and Mamagon. And then he also says, well, you know, or the monsters from Monster Island. And the director of this of this children's park looks at him and says, we intend to destroy Monster Island, actually. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to fucking nuke the island, I guess. I want to I want to point out I've taken several notes about this movie while I was watching it. And one phrase that appears multiple times in my notes is. These characters have a wildly cavalier attitude over what is happening in front of them because it's the only <laughs> way I can describe it. Wildly cavalier that you're, first of all, it's wildly cavalier that you see this place is called World Children's Land and you're like, eh, that's fine. That name doesn't at all throw up anything. It's like, we want peace. Oh, we already have peace. No, absolute peace. Hmm. 
And you're not digging into that at all? <laughs> you're weirdly intense about this, my man. Like, total <laughs> peace? Complete Like, this guy peace? got real hard pro, and you feel zero reason to dig into that. You're like, yeah, no, this is a place I want to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, man, a job's a job. Yeah. And then, frankly, I'm going to call out, like, you mentioned how he literally went, yeah, you need monsters like Shukra and Mamagon. And the guy just kind of stared at him and didn't kind of, like, ask any questions. And then Fine was like, okay, who are they? And was immediately on board. Because you made them up. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, you need (laughs) monsters like these. Sir, only one person knows who they are. And he doesn't even know who they are. Exactly. (laughs) And you didn't draw one of them until five minutes ago. And the other one is based off your girlfriend. I do respect a man trying to sell his unfinished OCs to the theme park. (laughs) (laughs) Like 10 minutes into his job, too. He's not even officially hired yet. Can't wait for that DVNR profile. Shukra OC, please don't steal. (laughs) And then when somebody is like, I don't know what any of these are to just be like, or like the other monsters we've seen, the real ones. Right. 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 And then it's like, oh, we should go to Monster Island. No, we're going to destroy it. How do you Even hear if, somebody yeah, say, I'm, your gonna, jurisdiction. I'm going to destroy the island we keep all of the world's monsters on right. and just go. Yeah, I don't need to tell anybody about this. Right. Even. It, but here's it's twofold. One, again, that is a wildly cavalier attitude off of we're going to destroy this island full of monsters. I would have a follow up question like, oh, I don't know why. But also, and this is key. (laughs) How? What do you have that you're going to do that with when whole ass governments have not been able to? And you're just uninterested in that knowledge. You're like, yeah, no, I'm going to work here. I don't got to ask any questions. There, there is a level of not my job, not my problem involved in that, that it's like if impressive. And I don't think this is like plot hole shit. I think the main character is kind of a doofus in a he very lovable way. He doesn't care. That's it. He does not it's care. Like I took the note about it, but I was literally sitting there like, honestly, I buy it because he just seems like the most aloof motherfucker. Like, He's just, there yeah. because he was told to be there. Exactly. Like, no, my girlfriend told me to come do this job interview. Fuck it. I need I need a paycheck. I want to make manga. Right. Like, like, sure. If they want to blow up monsters. Yeah, whatever. Like, OK. All right. <laughs> do your thing, man. See, actually, as far as, as continuity goes, um, now Gingo is, is working on the scales on Mama Gone and stuff, um, like coloring them in. Oh, okay. that's right. It was after this meeting. Gotcha. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. Because somebody was like, and, and what are those? And he was like, fuck, I need to be able to answer this better next time. At some time. point, <laughs> I gotta have a picture. <laughs> so he's doing his art at home, and then Tomoko stops by. Um, and he does at this point mention the place he, that, that she wants him to work is weird, and he hates the concept of peace that they have. What concept of peace is that? I don't know. He just, we don't like, know because he never asked questions. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the concept. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just weird. Bad stuff. Well, did you get, get any details? <laughs> no. It's like, well, did you get any details? See, this is why you're like Momagon. <laughs> <laughs> because you expect me to ask questions. So, yeah, she does see that Momagon looks just like her. Um, but now that he has this art, he's, he's heading back towards the, the Children's Land Committee office. And he bumps into this lady that's fleeing. Um, and the people come out and they're like, okay, which way did the lady go? And he just lies to them. Like, he, I don't know. He, he look, doesn't really know what's going suits on. suits ask you where somebody running away went, you always point the other direction. I mean, yeah. I was just, you know, at the time I was a little surprised that he did that because it's not normally something you would see, I guess. Uh, but he misleads them and then he he goes and he picks up the device that she dropped um and he just heads on up to the office and in this office there's a weird camera that just follows him around the whole time and he's like trying to dodge around it and stuff to try to see if he can get away from from the camera's view uh and after he's done playing the phone rings and for some reason when he answers the phone he's not like you know in a normal voice he doesn't like 
Moshi yes. Moshi. He, he's like, Moshi Moshi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does like a secretary impersonation. Yeah. Right. So like at first I was like, oh, he's trying to like play it off like he's supposed to be there. And then immediately his voice goes down. I'm like, oh, no, he's just, I don't know, kind <laughs> of an asshole. He's just a doofus. <laughs> Like that just came normal to him. Like I'm just gonna answer this phone in a in a random otherwise place from my own home in He's a, a huge stupid dork. ass voice. <laughs> sure, cool. Let's continue. Yeah. So he's directed inside, and I had a sentence written out about this, and I've I've elected to to truncate it a little bit. But the chairman's chair is sure as a chair. Like it's huge. Oh, it's oh incredible. I love this chair. <laughs> The, like the globe thing in the middle, and it's like, I was looking at it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember having that statue, and that, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chair. It's not a globe, it's a chair. Got it. Ooh. And Gingil walks in, and he's like, hey, uh, hi, what, what you working on? And the, the, the chairman just looks at him, and he's just like, ah, yeah, I'm working on some math for the M Nebula Space Hunter orbit. And again, Gingo's just kind of like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not going to interrogate that at all. <laughs> so the, the director from earlier comes up and he's just like, that woman that you bumped into is an enemy of peace. Okay. Still no question. None of this is, is, is feeling a little culty, world domination-y. No, not ringing any no, bells, fine. bud. No, they might they might buy his uh, his monster designs. So whatever. Just there's like and the problem is he does eventually get it a little bit together. So you can't you can't walk away saying he's completely inept. He's just I really think, you know, Derek doofus is the right term. Yeah, <laughs> he's a lovable it's the doofus. Right term. It's like, man, you are making some callously wrong decisions here. But OK, honestly. I, I think he might be my favorite protagonist so far. I love this fucking dingus. The faces that he makes, especially <laughs> when he's talking to Tomoko about things. Also, he does this thing like, again, this continuity that he, he rides the line between coming across as like silly and doofus and everything. And then flip side, you've got scenes of him like walking around, smoking a cigarette, flipping his hair to the side, casually looking so cool. And it's like, I don't, I cannot peg you down. I just can't. <laughs> Are you cool? No, that's Are Tomoko's job. I feel like the answer's yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this this thief lady, right? She shows back up and Oh God, I'm so happy about this. Uh she starts like begging for the tape back because she needs that tape. And this strange man shows up and like holds him up, right? Like holds him in place so she can search him. And what seems to be a gun held to his back. And they, they somehow end up taking Gingo home. I don't know how they know how, where Gingo lives. Uh, the only thing I would draw there is like, I, I'm assuming he had some sort of identification or something. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It it. He probably but keeps it written like, on his you... arm so he doesn't forget <laughs> it. <laughs> but the thing about that is, before he even gets home... Dude, like, hold, he, like, he has the gun pointed his back, and he's clearly freaking out and just faints, like, yeah. from the stress of the situation. And then, dude holds up what he was holding, and it's and a it fucking corn. corn cob wrapped oh, in aluminum. My God, what it's just a-, a corn cob wrapped in aluminum. But my favorite is that he looks confused. Like, I don't know what what was all this for? Why was he so yeah. stressed out? <laughs> and and fucking unwraps it and laughs. And it's like, I don't know if you don't realize. He can't see his back, <laughs> sir. I thi- just what a perfect point to have held him up with a fucking corn cob and then immediately <laughs> just go to town on it as soon as he passes out. Yeah. Oh, king shit. I love this weird. Do they ever give us this dude's name or is he just the fucking this goofy dude? He's uh, Shosaku. OK, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was so, like, I know they did say at one point he legit says my name is, but I just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the and then and the next thing, like after he wakes up at home, um, they introduce themselves as Shosaku and Machiko, and <clears throat> he he reveals that it was actually just corn to him, and Gen goes just kind of like, oh, 
Um, but they, they basically just say that they're trying to stop children's land from something. And Machiko's brother has gone, mis- has gone missing there. Um, uh, her name is Machiko Shima. So for the rest of this, I just call her brother, the brother Shima. Cause they never give his name. Yeah. Um, but Machiko also says that children's land is an enemy of peace. Well, that can't be no. because they stand for ultimate peace. That's right. right. What am I supposed to make of this? I don't know. And neither does Gengo. So they go, they go to a storage locker um, where, they, where he has the tape stored and they take it. Uh, meanwhile, back at Children's Land, the director and the chairman are talking to the brother Shima and they're like, you don't need to worry about anything. After all this happens, you're going to be thanking us for, for this weird crap we're about to do. And as they're talking, this alert goes off, denoting that somebody's starting to play the, the second tape, like the Act 2 tape, whatever that is. And this tape starts making like weird noises, and it starts waking up a couple of monsters on Monster Island, uh, namely Godzilla and Angiris. And the chairman and director are like, oh, okay, well, we have to change plans now because someone's played the tapes out of order. Uh, the monsters start talking to each other, and they're like, yep. Talking in tape deck noises? Well, no, I think they're hearing the the tape deck, right? I thought that's how I took it, was like they were hearing the tape being played out. Well, at well, first okay, they, they were so hearing it. Okay, so here's the thing. So I know you sent me a copy, but for what, like, on my end, there was no subtitling, no everything. So I viewed uh, a release version, like the original release version subtitled on my yeah. own, because I, I had it. So in your version, because I know this is a fun little thing that there was like another release they did in America where like they they dubbed it and then that ended up getting used overseas, whatever. but they eliminated visual effect. Did your version have the speech bubbles? Yes. OK, I just wanted to make sure. I had I had basically the criterion version. So, OK, I wanted to make sure because that's my favorite. When you see the little speech bubbles coming out of them talking. I was like, that's a. Yes. What's incredible, and I have very vivid memories of this, is in the American version, they speak speak. Yes, they actually straight up talk. And it's very horrifying to hear their voices because it's it's rough. It's Uh not good. Godzilla, they sound like old men, which is actually maybe kind (laughs) of. Hey, Angulus! Angulus, what do you want? Yeah. Oh. But, you know, uh, in the original, you have the speech bubbles. And I think my favorite of the whole thing is just at the end of basically everything, Anger is just saying, okay. <laughs> sure thing, boss. Every time. <laughs> like, I gotcha. I want to remind y'all that Destroy All Monsters takes place after all of this, which means that this is technically... Angiris's like second appearance in the timeline chronologically right yeah. chronologically which means that Angiris so far has shown up to get his ass beat by Godzilla disappeared for a couple decades and then shown up to just be his fucking bulldog yeah I, you know, I fuck mean it. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah listen once we have to accept they can talk, we just have to assume they'd be having some sort of conversation on the side. Like, listen, man, we know how this fight's going to go. Yeah. And stick with <laughs> me, help me out all day. And I was like, ah, I mean, I am tired of getting my ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> getting my ass beat on a regular basis. Meanwhile, Godzilla's out here fucking up aliens. So I, like, <laughs> I, yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. We'll, we'll tag team it. Then we get actual tag teams. It worked. But we'll obviously get to that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Gingo uh, goes into the Godzilla t- tower and, like, swipes a lighter that he finds up there because it has initials on it. Um, and he hands the director some of, his, some of his work, which the director thinks is kind of weird because he's, like, showing up here out of nowhere in a spot that's not his office and is handing him some drawings and stuff. Uh, but he, he takes the lighter back and the three discuss the fact that they don't really know like the full scope of Children's plans, and they need to figure that out. And while they're talking, Angiris starts swimming away from from Monster Island, like toward Japan. Uh, so they managed to figure out that the chairman and the director are both from Yamano, so they head there next. And they go to the chairman's house, 
and they find that he's been dead for a year. And when he was alive, he was not very, very academic. So he couldn't do the type of math that, that the chairman was now doing. Yeah, he like, was just no a regular he was do space orbit math. Dipshit clown 17 year old. Yeah. And I just, this is one, yet another scene where I had to write down these characters are having a wildly cavalier attitude <laughs> about this. Because, like, and I mean that on both, like, specifically on the parents' end, assuming parents, where it's like rolling in, like, yeah, hey, we're looking for this kid. Yeah, we, we just saw him. Do you know anything about him? Uh, he's been dead for a year. <laughs> I'm not going to ask Aww. why these okay, random people are pictures? asking for him. Yeah, sure. Hold on. Let me go get out the family <laughs> book here. Like, um, that you don't you don't have any questions why they're just showing up now on the one. Also, it is, in fact, the one year anniversary. That's right. Really bad timing. The chairman like, and the director both died exactly a year ago. And you're we're just not asking questions. No, cool. Fine. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> you're um, good. I'm good. Not questioning it. So the chairman receives this message from the in-nebula space hunter that I guess he, he was doing math for before, um, saying to await new arrivals. And they play one of their, their tapes saying that this is, this is for peace. Just remember, this is for peace. So the military's scrambling because Anguirus is getting closer. And like they evacuate the area and they start pointing their lasers at it. Uh, they blind Anguirus with lights and shoot it. And then Anguirus retreats. My favorite is like at the beginning of it, he roars before they start. Like he just he tries to make some noise before they start open firing. And then they're like, oh, he's pissed. Fire. And I'm like, yeah. I feel bad because, you know, he was sitting here like, hold on, guys. This isn't what you think. Yeah. I know you can't understand me like Godzilla and like my speech bubble isn't actually visible. Yeah. But if it was, I'd be like, OK, and a thumbs up and we'll be all good. Right. And uh, no, you're going to shoot me. OK, that's fine. OK. Right. I do really like the shot, though, of of him like pulling up on the beach and all of the searchlights being on him. It's a great up close of the Anguirus suit. Uh, like it's also the first time in a while, again, for a monster who got a little bit of time in Godzilla raids again, and you know, a, a decent bit of time towards the end of destroy all monsters. Anguirus has not really had a lot of time to just kind of solo romp around. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of right. neat to see him, you know, swimming, pull up on the military, you know, shit like that. Yeah. So Anguirus retreats and the chairman says, basically they, they can kill the brother Shima now because that was just to see how strong the earth military was. That, that was just to see if they could fight back. Um, so Gingo shows back up and runs across the brother Shima trying to escape. And he has to, like bluff his way past the director to be like, yeah, I was just here. Sorry. I was just in the wrong spot. Um, and the director gives him some cigarettes which he, which he gladly takes, and he's, like, smoking them on his way home. Um, and there's a tracking device in the cigarette. So he gets home, and the director immediately shows up behind him. Uh, they, and they, like, take back the tape that they have in, in the room, and they're, like, they, like, pull out ray guns, which, again, no one questions. Y you, you know, know no you one's like, think, what is that? Look, they're not exactly trying to hide the fact that they're aliens, right? I mean, right. from the beginning, they're like, yes, we're going to destroy this island. We're here for total peace. I'm doing math for uh, fucking M Space Hunter Nebula. Okay. Yeah, they've never really made an effort to, to pretend that they're not who they are. They, aside from the fact that they're... <coughs> they are, people in skin, fact, but, right. Know. I was like... <laughs> They are, in fact, incredibly honest about it. Yeah. I will say I do think there is some, like, little, how to put this, some little semblance of uh, cheeky sort of gotcha bitch in handing him cigarettes after last time he had got out and gotten some information with a lighter. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I do, like, that. as soon as I saw him toss the cigarettes, my thought was like, oh, he got you. He, mm -hmm. he knows. And then obviously it turned out to be played out how it did as a tracking <laughs> device. But like that, that seemed like a slick little, eh, you think you're going to keep sneaking around, pal? Mm-hmm. But luckily for everybody, Tomoko shows up. Of course. And, and <laughs> to rip She's ass. a black belt. Yeah. 
So she beats them up um, and they go to the police about it. And the police are just really suspicious and like, what are you talking about? Um, but Godzilla and Angiris appear again. So they have to cut that short. Uh, the next phase of the plan begins and they activate both of the tapes. And they're talking and I think it was the chairman. He goes like, we came to this planet searching for eternal peace for us all. And the sounds of the tapes go up into space and Ghidorah appears and then this new monster appears, Gigan, um, basically to answer the call. And the gang starts making their way into the tower now because, you know, stuff's going down. And the, the workers inside are operating the computers and they're, they're sent to go kill the brother Shima. Uh, but Tomoko uses her black belt again and uh, manages to, to beat up the assassins. But they're immediately more outside with ray guns. Of course. And Shosaku and Machiko are waiting outside. And they haven't heard from them in like 10 minutes. So they're like, all right, they must have gotten caught. We need to figure out what we're going to do. Um, and everybody that's inside, which would be, uh, you know, Gengo, Tomoko, Brother Shima, they're all brought to the chairman. And the chairman's like, all right, well, we're going to use your body, your bodies as uniforms. We're going to steal your bodies. Yep. This is kind of heavy shit for like aliens in a Godzilla movie so far, right? To just be like, yeah, we're going to fucking wear you. Yeah. Uh, so they reveal that there are other planets like Earth, such as the one in the M Nebula, which is the one they keep bringing up. And it was destroyed by basically by unchecked capitalism, by their hubris. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. will say uh, this was I laughed at this. Um, I f- uh, he specifically made the note. Chairman has a wildly optimistic of the planet Earth because he is like, yeah, that planet lasted two million years before all of humanity was wiped out. And I was just sitting here looking. And I was like, buddy, I don't know how long you think got, humans got left. As of the 1970s, <laughs> we got maybe a hundred years left. I don't know okay, what to tell like- you. <laughs> Like, I'm telling you right now, I'm looking, and if you told me humanity had another 100,000 years to go, I'd be like, man, we are doing phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Like, that's not on the clock right now, just as a FYI. Yeah. Uh, the director does say that the Earth is heading down the same path, or will without them. Um, but their planet is dying, so they're going to take the Earth, quote-unquote, peacefully for, for them. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So at this point, the, they have to switch to emergency lighting because the power goes I out. I mean, they summoned the fucking buzzsaw chicken, so I'm not really sure how, how, what peaceful means to them, but... Well, they don't have to fight. <laughs> they physically right. don't have to do anything. Uh, so they, be, but they were clear. It's going to be peaceful for us. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have to switch to emergency lighting. And because it's like a black light or something, it's like blue lights. Um, it like they have these shadows going up the wall, and the shadows are just roaches. And so basically, it's revealed that the, the aliens are just roach creatures in human bodies. Um, I, I will say so. I like how they specified the words. We are what is it? We display the images yeah. of human bodies. Something <clears throat> it is a projection. Like yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay, so that's how you can get away with in the like using the shadows to be like, oh, they're giant cockroach people. I was I would genuinely was like, okay, that's a pretty slick way. Yeah, I dug. I like, dug the hell. Yeah, we yeah. don't have to have like an alien suit on people. We can keep that without having to make it, you know, we can keep it to like big things, suits, small things, people, but still get that across. I was like, okay, that was a pretty slick way. Yeah, yeah. That's like a hard light projection or something. Um, so Ghidorah and Gigan appear on radar nearby, and they descend and they just start flying around the tower, and the military starts scrambling again. Um, and they, the tapes are controlling their every move, basically. So now the tapes are telling them to go and attack everything around and including Tokyo. And they fuck Tokyo. And they destroy oh. everything. Hell just several yeah. just several unchecked minutes of fucking Tokyo up. 
King Ghidorah already shown to be very good at this. Gigan, newcomer to the franchise, just kicking the shit out of buildings. He's got that buzzsaw in his chest. You got the, the belly saw? I'm with it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. This whole and sequence like, right around. Um, so they, they're destroying buildings and boats and everything. Um, the military like shows up trying, you know, poised to try to stop them. But at the same time this is happening, Godzilla and Angiris are getting closer. And the chairman's like, well, as you can see, the peace plan's going perfectly. Yes. Yeah. Holy <laughs> English. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the, the military's lasers just get destroyed also. So the military can't really do a lot right now. Um, so still in this tower, like Gingo's pretty sure that Machiko's still going to arrive on time. Um, and the, the plan from the aliens is basically to draw Godzilla in towards the tower and kill it. Uh, and around this time, the four monsters converge on each other and, and fight. Uh, and Gigan's mostly like closing in from melee while Ghidorah's just shooting from afar. Um, and Garrus doesn't really handle this fight particularly well. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> he, he's mostly there to get, get his shit whipped and then be used for like, tag team attacks in very specific moments. And that's about it. Yeah. Cause in this fight, he mostly just gets kicked. Womp womp. Womp womp. So Machiko and Shosaku show up and they like inflate this balloon so they can get like a zip line up to the top of the tower. Uh, and everybody starts to zip down, but the balloon explodes and it alerts the guards and they do cut the line with the, with a shot, but Everybody basically gets down to the bottom just fine. Like the brother tumbles right. a little I bit. Will, I do love that like their way of getting rid of the rope was shooting it. Yeah. By the way. But then, yeah, I love how like they shoot it and like you think, oh no, but the brother's just all the way down at it's the bottom fine. already and was like, okay. He fell so five just, feet. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so the, the gang basically sets up their car to drive forward and they're not in it. But the Godzilla Tower has lasers in it, and they shoot the car, and it blows up. And they're like, hey, if we were in that car, we'd be dead. I love the, the, <laughs> the double fake out of, of, of that, because all you get is them being like, oh, we got to, where's the car? We need the car. And then you see right. them blow up the car, and then you just see them like, good thing we weren't in that car, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so Godzilla's fighting Ghidorah now, and Angiris is fighting Gigan. Um, Ghidorah's basically just trying to draw Godzilla towards the tower. Um, I wrote here that rocks are used liberally in the fight. <laughs> that is one way to put it, yeah. My favorite of the whole of them was probably Gigan kicks a rock at Angerus. Angerus knocks the rock over to Godzilla. Godzilla punches the rock back at Gigan, who just gets clobbered in the fucking face. Yeah, yeah. Like, ding! And I'm just like, Dude, what? Yeah, man. <laughs> don't don't doubt, man. Godzilla and Angiris been on the Monster Island volleyball team for years now. Yeah. Like it, it just had that it did have that energy. Get that weak shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, also during this fight, um like there's a lot of blood in this movie. Oh my this god, is, yeah, this is easily the blood. There's been a little blood before, but not like this. Right. So I don't. Uh, this is one that I already knew this trivia bit, but I went and looked into the details of why. Um, so this is actually the first time Godzilla has blood drawn. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. because um, because King Ghidorah bled in Destroy All Monsters. Very yeah. notably, there were, there were previous times where people. Or where monsters had bled. Uh, basically, the 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 prior special effects director, because I was curious, like if there's, yeah. and I am finding out, the prior special directs effects director in the series was like, no, these movies look at they're we're as much as adults can enjoy them for the the monster fighting. That's like we want kids to be able to enjoy it. We don't want the younger viewers to see them actually bleeding. And then that special effects director actually died. Yeah, he didn't like, leave Toho. That's right. That's the dude and who so, created Ultraman. I mean, fuck. exactly. So when Nakano right. took over, 
as the special effects director, he was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. We can have him bleed. <laughs> and so like he bleeds so been, much. Right. There were other situations where other monsters had bled, but this is the first time, like, no, Godzilla. And Guy Gans yeah. was like, Katish, Katish, Katish. And it's like yeah. the first few blows, few blows, it's like I'm knocking in, and then eventually, like, no, I am literally cutting the shit out of your skull. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So Gingo and, and Shima go to the military and they're like, okay, so the people that run children's land are literally giant roaches and we should, we should go attack the tower. And the military is like, I, it's up to Godzilla. I don't know what you expect us to do. I do love, they not only say like, we can't because Ghidorah and Gigan are in the, so first of all, the fact that they're like, we can't, they're in the way and our missiles are ineffective. So they're absolutely right. going to protect it. And I'm just sitting here like, I mean, you could try. Like right. they're actively <laughs> in a fight. You might get one by them. I'm just going right. to point that out. But two, uh, this was, I mean, again, and this is me being nitpicky. How the fuck did you know Gigan's name? Well, uh, when they looked him up on, on the, the 1970s M Space Hunter Nebula M <laughs> right. Dark Web. Exactly. And they hired exactly. him. Yeah. That was one thing, like, you called him by name. And, like, I was like, okay, I get it. I'm not going to stress about it. Like, they just did that for the sake of pacing, keep it moving. But I was like, That's a, that was a plot hole right there, but we're not going to get into <laughs> it. But, yeah, I did feel like, I mean, you guys could try and shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like but no one there hard. is like I know they're gonna try and protect it, but they're also actively fighting two other monsters. They're literally distracted right now. Yeah. So Ghidorah does get Godzilla to the tower, and the tower starts firing on him. And Angiris is trying to save him, but Gigan gets in the way and is also made to bleed. Um Angiris, rather. So the gang does manage to get some some people to to go with them to plant some TNT in the elevator, and they like put a bunch of TNT in the elevator, and then they put this like drawing that they've made of themselves. Fucking love this shit. This we're back to the Scooby Doo shit. This is Scooby Doo <laughs> shit. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, because it's just like a picture of all of them like pointing guns forward. So if somebody saw the it, they would most seventy shit I've shot. ever seen. Yeah. So the elevator goes up and the soldiers at the top of the tower fire at it because they think there's people coming out of the elevator with guns and it blows up the tower like they just they blow up the top of the tower. And the roach creatures are like under the rubble and they're like, how could our machines fail us? <laughs> and yeah, so the, the tapes are no longer running. So, you know, Ghidorah and Gigan. I know we're just kind of like standing there like, oh, no, where the fuck am I? What, what am I supposed to do when now? When the fuck did we get ice cream? Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just that is a perfect line no matter where yeah. you use it. Um, but that is very accurate to it. Although, so, again, it does lead to maybe my favorite part of the whole fight, which is the one time anger. The, well, outside of popping the rock over it, like doing the set for Godzilla's rock spike. If you right, will. right uh, outside of that, maybe my favorite part of the whole fight. <laughs> yeah. Krillin threw a punch, <laughs> like, yeah. which is Godzilla, like holding Ghidorah and Angra's like back jumping into him. Love that like, yeah. shit. Yeah. Loved it. Um, so Ghidorah, like, wakes up first basically and like blasts Sangiris and Gigan moves up to Godzilla to, to finish him off and is just like clawing him in the skull over and over again like he's going to kill him um and he falls over Ghidorah like launches Godzilla into the remains of the tower just like just like does a drop kick launches him into the tower um but around this time Godzilla's like no no and, like gets up gets his second wind and he goes to fight Gigan. Um, and Giris finally has, yeah, the, like the first of his moments and like grabs Ghidorah by the tail, which is something that Angiris has done before, but ends up getting flung away uh, and bitten. And Godzilla moves back to Ghidorah. And Gigan ends up missing one of its attacks and like hits Ghidorah instead. And then they start fighting each other. And then Angiris like body checks Ghidorah with its spikes. and. Uh, 
Gigan ends up getting shot out of the air and Godzilla like grabs Ghidorah into what into like a triple headlock, like all three of its heads. And Angurus <laughs> like, it, yes. ramming into it. Yeah. Oh. oh, listen, my favorite is it's not just the headlock. This is where like they used a bunch of stock footage for this to save on costs. Yeah. And you yeah. can absolutely tell this was part of the stock footage because he doesn't just do one headlock back suplex slam. He does three. Yeah. It's like, ah, slam. <laughs> Cut back. He's holding him again. Ah, slam. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte. Cut to Angerus looking on at the, the devastation. Back in his head and slam. And it's like, guys. For next movie, Charlotte, I do want you to mm-hmm. remember this, this moment here very specifically. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> all right. So after just getting bodied, uh, the space monsters finally flee. Um, and in this movie, they, they decided that at the end, they're going to just, in order, say all of the, the themes of the movie. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. They're just like, peace is a hard thing to achieve. Technology can be convenient, but we can't rely on it too much. And then like one of them makes a joke like, maybe one day cockroaches will inherit the Earth. <laughs> and then Anguirus and Godzilla leave for Monster Island, and everybody waves them off, waves goodbye. And that's it. That's and then the Godzilla movie. just looks back and just one big scream. Ah! <laughs> Freeze frame. Yeah. Love it. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, movie fucking rips. Yeah. I great am. Movie. It is great, honestly. Like, it's, it's weird in its pacing. It's, there's a lot of stock footage. There's times where I'm curious what their actual point is, and then they are very specific about their their point is. But I don't care. Like it all somehow all of these parts come together to make like a painfully genuine whole. Yes. Genuine's a good way to put it. Like you can tell that Fukuda again, like fucking loves Godzilla, loves these movies, loves what he is doing. Mm-hmm. Um it is an exceptionally weird good time. And I, yeah, I just love this. This, this to me was a much needed breath of fresh air. And I'm going to be honest. I think at least part of it was, so this is actually, and I'm sure they knew it going into it, but this was actually Nakajima's last time in the Godzilla suit. Yes. Yes. Nakajima. Haruo Nakajima was was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Right. Like (laughs) he hasn't been dropped off a skyscraper recently, but (laughs) right. Like y'all, I've been doing this shit for 20 years. I am at my limit. Okay. And so I do feel there was at least some bit of like, we got to do this right for his, for his final set. I think there's a lot of things going on. Um, I mean, for one thing, This is Fukuda's first time back in the director's chair for Godzilla since Honda left. And since the shit that's been going on with Toho has been going on. And I think this feels a lot like a Honda movie more than it feels like a Fukuda movie. Because Fukuda has been doing these goofy island adventures and Honda has been doing the alien invasion sci-fi stories. And Fukuda gave us something. Now, obviously, the, the plots were written by, you know, other people, uh, you know, several versions of this script were drafted and thrown around until we got what we got. But like Fukuda was like, this is a Honda style story. I'm going to make very like characters that kind of blend a lot of the, the, the like tastes and the stylings of, of himself and Honda, uh, that very like Honda style sense of humor is there in full force. Um, yeah, I mean, and the fact, despite the fact that they clearly had to scrimp and save where they could on the budget, right? The score is mostly just recut pieces of Ifakube's earlier movie or music. Um, they are reusing the Anguirus, Ghidorah, and Godzilla suits from earlier movies to the point that Ghidorah or Godzilla's hand, if you notice, is still like the burned bone hand from versus Hedorah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And. Like, yeah, like, like mentioned, there's a lot of stock footage from earlier movies utilized to like 
cut in and extends fight scenes, which is funny because sometimes you get these day scenes that they've just darkened to be night scenes. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, it works. It's fine. There's passion in this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say I do love that because you mentioned how there were multiple. I do love how that like the base concept of how we got here was, listen, we've been trying some new shit and nobody likes it. Yeah. So the only solution is to bring back Ghidorah. Yes. Yes. Like that was, we went from, that was point A to point B. And it's like, then it was like, but people probably want more than just Ghidorah. Fine. Buzzsaw space chicken. Yes. <laughs> I love, um, we have not talked about franchise executive producer Tomoyuki Tanaka because executive producers more than anything are just wallets right? Like there are wallets that Mm -hmm. make grand sweeping decisions that the people beneath them have to figure out what to do with. Um, and you know, in the end, it's really more Honda's and then Fukuda's artistry and, and Tsuburaya and Ifukube and Nakajima that have really crafted this franchise, but it's Tanaka's decisions that gave us, you know, Godzilla's revenge that gave us Godzilla versus Hedora, right? You can only blame Tanaka for trying to take an untested director in Bono and giving him no money and no time and expecting it to be good and make money. Um, right, so the right. fact that he actually went, okay, we need to, we need to turn the budgets back up the other way a bit, you know, it's still not a lot of money, but like he kind of relented a bit and recognized like what was working and, and right. And also took the time to be like, okay, the ideas I had didn't work. Let's go back to the older. Yes. Shit. Which, like, not, you know, you don't want to give gold stars out for figuring out obvious things, but that's actually, that is admittedly rare in this industry. Hell yeah, it is. For an executive producer to be like, I am wrong, and I was the fault and issue here. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, so, like, all of the monsters, well, Godzilla, Anguirus, King Ghidorah, we mentioned, are all just old suits that have been, you know, cleaned up and, and pulled out of the trash can again for one more run. But Gigan, man, they they spent the money on the Gigan suit, and you oh, yeah. can tell what a like, weird it's the details, ass monster. Like the mouth having not like they could have just left it at the beak, but coming out with like the side mandible, yes, that kind of work in with it. It's things like that which would make sense. It, you know, you would assume that the creatures you're dealing with, Gigan probably interfered with their pre- planet previously. Well, they have mandibles. It's like details like that where I'm like, okay, all right, that was that was work put in here. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. cool because it's such a drastically different. Like every other monster through the Showa era so far has been just like a big thing, right? A big bug, a big lizard, a big dinosaur thing. Other than Ghidorah, yes. which was the kind of weird thing, is the three headed space dragon, and now Gigan right. is just some truly next level weird shit. And and I respect yeah. it because you they could have fucked this up so easily, but yeah, and guy and you know and by proxy that kind of opens the door for them willing to be like you know and then the next movie was Godzilla versus Megalon like oh let's have some big drill bug lightning monster shit yeah sure let's get weird with like, this shit right uh so it you can definitely see the line from A to B. I also want to say I love how there are a couple of drafts that have like at least parts of them have come out. Yes. And the drafts we know about pretty much all, in addition to some of them getting very weird, pretty much all make this a three on three fight. Yeah. But I'm actually I'm Mm. actually good with it being a two on two. I think that worked out better. Like, okay, this was more of a return to form. Let's not go too wild with it, have too much to focus on, because then you don't really have nearly as much time to focus. Like, we were sitting here and able to focus on, like, man, Angris didn't do much, and he did have a couple moments, but, like, you could even point that out. Whereas, if it was a 3v3, at least one of them would just be kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's like, did they do anything of note? I think pulling it back was smart, given the scope of what they actually intended to accomplish. Yeah. For the movie. Though I will admit... One of the fucking drafts was like, 
essentially what I'm going to just call Metroid. Yeah. Because it's a literal space brain was supposed to come down to the earth and get attached to an Incan god statue. I, I respect it. Take over it. But somehow that Incan god statue was going to then take over itself. Like the spirit of the Incan god was going to take over the statue and fight alongside Godzilla against the forces of all the alien creatures that are coming. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Who wrote that? <laughs> Who wrote it? I just I just want to talk. I, I love I just I love talk. them. That is what matters. I agree. Like, here's the thing. I want to tell him, you know what? Keep your chin up. Bud. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were just, you were too ahead of your time. But, you know, got it. Got this. All right. I want to do uh, our, our new segment. My, what has quickly become my favorite segment in Castle Bravo. What's the title in Germany? So, okay. Josh, here's the thing <laughs> that you may not know. Many of these movies have had the most insane titles in Germany, specifically in Germany. In yes. Germany only. So to give you some examples of some previous ones, uh, Dagora, the one with the, the space jellyfish thing that eats diamonds, was yes. called X-3000 Phantoms Against Gangsters. Obviously. Yeah, sure. No, <laughs> because, because that's... Um, okay. Yeah. I'm in. Um, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, was known as Frankenstein's monsters in battle against Ghidorah. Yeah, that's right. Where did he come into this? Well, <laughs> I don't know, but they clearly liked well, it he because leave. Ibira horror of the deep was called Frankenstein I am now, and the monsters from the now, ocean. Okay. I am now very, very curious about the German dub. I would like, and I understand what I'm asking for here. I would like an English dub of that the German, German dub. dub. <laughs> because I feel like there's some new stuff. Well, you'll be able to make an entire here. series of them because Ibira Horror of the Deep was called Frankenstein and the Monsters from the Ocean. Well, he's a recurring character yeah. in the series. King Kong Escapes yeah. was called King Kong, Frankenstein's son. He's, like I said, he's, <laughs> first of all, I love that it's son. Yeah. Not creation. Son. Specifically son. Pumped a baby out. Which, which does lead to some questions yeah. about how we got from point A son to Son of Godzilla was known as Frankenstein's monsters hunt Godzilla's son. <laughs> I will remind you, I think Godzilla was one of Frankenstein's monsters according to these titles. Right. I, mathematically, right. it's starting to feel yeah. like he has to be. Dest right. Which leads to some very curious Yeah. Thoughts. Destroy All Monsters was called Frankenstein and the Monsters from Space. Godzilla vs. Yeah. Hedorah was called Frankenstein's Battle Against the Monster. Devil Monsters. Okay. Ah, yes. <laughs> and this movie, Godzilla vs. Gigan, was called Frankenstein's Hell Brood. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. Which is, <laughs> oh. look, genuinely okay. a fucking excellent title. Not that, for this listen, movie. <laughs> but, not for this movie, but just in general... I would watch Frankenstein. If you told Hellbrew. me you had a movie, if you went to like the local movie store and found a VHS titled Frankenstein's Hellbrood on the spot, I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I am now thinking here based on these names. My question is, are, are we naming it such that for, I, I know I, I feel like very specifically you are anti having an English version of the German dub because you don't want details because it makes it more fun to imagine. And I don't blame you. But, but what about the opposite? What, what if somebody, what somebody needs to do is somebody needs to just do full rewrites based on the titles. Well, here's what I'm saying based on the names, because Godzilla's name is in almost all of the movies as they are. Are is Godzilla one of Frankenstein's monsters? Well, he has to be. Or is Godzilla's name Frankenstein? Is Godzilla the Frankenstein in these movies? Well, uh, because now I'm wondering, which then leads to some weird. Yeah, that means Godzilla's King Kong's dad. He's also hunting his. But own that also son. means that Minya is King Kong. We're getting into some "I'm my own grandpa" shit here. I. I'm gonna. I'm hold on. Is Godzilla? <laughs> is Godzilla Frankenstein? Frankenstein. <laughs> I'm just gonna type "Is Godzilla Frankenstein" and see what comes. Well, you up. should make sure I you ask at, the the fucking Bing chat that because I looked at my normal source for information on this stuff, and it's just like 
Yeah, a lot of them were just called Frankenstein. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Okay, it actually <laughs> is here. I was wrong for my little arbitrary theory. Uh, many Toho films released after 1965 were released in Germany as Frankenstein films, sporting the name in their titles. In the German release of many Godzilla films, it's explained that Dr. Victor Frankenstein created most of the monsters that Godzilla fights. Notably, based on what it said, created most of the monsters that Godzilla fights. Does not, not say he Godzilla. created Godzilla. So Godzilla is himself just a naturally occurring creature. Okay. But Anguirus. Frankenstein's monster. That shit was created. Okay. Part of the hell That was created. Obviously. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know what, what Frankenstein's take is on Jet Jaguar at this point. I mean, <laughs> you know, fucking stay tuned, right? Like now, I gotta know. I got Stormy on. I literally want next next episode for versus Megawan. So, okay, listen. I absolutely now. I think I need to make it a thing. Uh, I think what we need to do is we need to get someone who is fluent in both German and English to translate the German films for us and let us know what is being said in the. Charlotte, how busy there are you? There's a whole world of lore <laughs> out there that we are just I, missing out on. I haven't done German in a really long time. I've been focusing on Japanese in the last like decade, so switching to weird That could help. Yeah, well, I mean, so, <laughs> we could do, we could go in reverse and come back, go German back to Japanese into English. <laughs> that should cause that, no that's issues. That's not an overwhelming project, is it, Charlotte? <laughs> It should no. come no podcast. Why don't you just fucking uh <laughs> It's it's like a Pokemon Vietnamese crystal situation. We're gonna take the right. German, throw it into a translator, back to Japanese, throw it into a translator over to English. We we joke, but I did completely re-edit King Kong Escapes for our podcast. So the movie, the movie. Why? Because there was no good quality version available, and the only version I could find that was any decent like resolution and quality was from a broadcast airing that had a bunch of bullshit in it. So I took that, took the Japanese audio track from a different copy and recut the American broadcast version to the Japanese audio tracks version. Okay. So yes, I'm, I'm fucking autistic. Yes, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. What I was saying is I know that this is a passion project. <laughs> I just feel like we need to discuss <laughs> where passion veers into stock. <laughs> Derek, I feel you may be stalking Toho. <laughs> is what I'm saying. I, it is possible that I'm I have a problem. It. Okay, there is there a Toho Anonymous? Yeah. Um, another version of this uh, that I did is for Godzilla's Revenge. Uh, there was no good quality of the English version, which is, I mean, is the version that I grew up on and is so terrible that I needed it. Uh, but it right. never, ever, ever got like a Blu-ray version for obvious reasons. By the time we're doing this, it's all the Japanese versions being, you know, for the Blu-ray like Criterion collection and stuff. So um, I took the Japanese version and recut the Japanese Blu-ray to match the English version with a cleaned up version of an English audio track from another source. So I have the only Blu-ray quality copy of the American version of Godzilla's revenge. You know, you could sell. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I should. I'm sure you couldn't leave. I don't think I should like, is the problem. There is an eccentric. It's so, out there it's so racist. <laughs> Now, I will point out that when I say there is an eccentric out there somewhere. It's me. To be fair, it's yeah. you. So we end up in a bit of a recursive situation. <laughs> but if you could figure out how to monetize that against Great yourself. Great way to launder money. Be in business. But I didn't just say out loud. Hey, it's say what? Exactly. Anyway. Oh, but yeah, this movie ripped. Um, I love, 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 love. This is this is such a weird combination of because it's June Fukuda directing it's Nakano from versus Hidora doing special effects Ifakube is back even if he's just mostly recutting his earlier shit so it's this hodgepodge team made this really really cool passion project of a movie it feels a lot like a Honda movie and that it's got like 
you know, the main character's an artist, the villains are aliens and also rich capitalists. Pollution's a big theme. You know, it's, it's all of these people came together in the absence of Ishiro Honda and made an Ishiro Honda movie. And I cannot see that as anything but a labor of love. Yeah. So I don't know if either of you have any final thoughts on the movie itself, but that's, that's about where I'm at. I think that's incredible. It was good. I'm I'm in the same, but this movie whips ass. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's silly. I think what's great is that like, it has all these different bits to it, that it's silly, that it's serious, kind of cool kind of weird, kind of fun, but nothing, no part of it feels like it overstays its way. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't lean too heavily into the humor, but they use it. They don't lean too much into the weird sort of, okay, the aliens are here, but they use it. Like they build up to all that. So it's like, okay, I'm with this. And I'm with you. Justice for mama gone. Justice for mom. Like that is what you should listen. I'm going to just to quote a, a wise philosopher. You can't handle a bad bitch. Don't get with a bad bitch. <laughs> Facts. Okay, that's all I've got to say there. Folks, that is a wrap on this episode. Thank you all so much for joining us on our journey so far. Josh, where can people find you? Hi, my name's Josh, but you can call me Anorian. Uh, you can find me at uh, twitter.com slash GD because someone out there has twitter.com slash The account is actually what a suspended, dickhole. but I can't get it. literally i'm just every so often i go and see if it's like from suspended to doesn't exist so i can finally get it i you know i'd ask elon to fix that shit but well you're not a fucking right wing Uh, grifter so he won't exactly so it won't work uh you find me on twitch.tv slash anorian or you can find me on youtube.com slash either game dad or at anorian gd i'm as of now i have a kind of tandem with my twitter uh i do game stuff i do let's plays on youtube i have reviews and such coming out you know every so often i do twitch streaming of video game streaming occasional tabletop stuff uh i've got more of that coming down the line though i don't know when this is airing uh probably Um, probably wednesday okay so then yeah soon that'll be nice (laughs) um uh yeah i do old stuff i do new stuff like rpgs platformers all all types of stuff. Um, yeah, you can find me all right. And if you're a fan of tabletop already mentioned, I do voice acting. Uh, if you watch, uh, ever heard of dimension 20, you watch that check out their shriek week season. You'll hear my voice as, uh, as swamp thing, everyone's favorite radio co-host. So, uh, yeah, I do all types of things and I hang out and I do stuff and that's pretty much the limit of it. Hell Yeah. And you can follow us on Twitter for more of our sparkling personalities. I'm at Derby City Derek. And I'm at Visero Complex. That's V-I-S-C-E-R-O-C-O-M-P-L-E-X. And you can follow the show itself at Castle Bravo Pod for production updates. Take care, everyone. Castle Bravo is a production of Derek Van Dyke and Charlotte Landale. All editing is performed by Derek Van Dyke. Special thanks to Kyrie Lamont for our art assets and to David Van Dyke for our theme song, Pools of Memory.